remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today, we're delving into the extraordinary life of Robert Mugabe, a controversial Zimbabwean politician and revolutionary whose long tenure as president of Zimbabwe was marked by both initial promise and later widespread criticism for authoritarian tactics and economic mismanagement. Today marks the fourth anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's dive into the extraordinary early life of Robert Mugabe. Part 1. Early Life and Education, 1924-1960 Robert Gabriel Mugabe was born on February 21, 1924, in Kutama, a mission village in what was then southern Rhodesia. A British colony. His father, Gabriel Mugabe Matabiri, was a carpenter, and his mother, Bona, a teacher and devout Roman Catholic. Mugabe was the third of six children, though he was mostly raised by his mother, and his father abandoned the family when Mugabe was just 10 years old. Growing up under British colonial rule, Mugabe experienced the racial inequalities and social injustices firsthand. Despite the odds, his mother, Bona, instilled in him a love for education. His early years were spent at Kutama Mission School, where he excelled academically and became influenced by Catholicism, something that would end up shaping his personal and political life in the years to come. Upon completion of his schooling in Kutama, he received a scholarship to attend Fort Hare University in South Africa, an intellectual breeding ground for many African nationalists. Mugabe thrived in the academic setting, earning a Bachelor of Arts degree in history and economics. It was during his years at Fort Hare that he encountered Pan-Africanism and was exposed to the philosophies of leaders like Marcus Garvey and Kwame Nkrumah. His eyes were open to the nationalist struggle and a new political consciousness began to take root. After leaving Fort Hare, Mugabe took up a teaching position in northern Rhodesia, now Zambia, and Ghana. It was in Ghana that he met his first wife, Sally Hayfron, who was a secretary at the time. Ghana's independence from Britain in 1957, under the leadership of Kwame Nkrumah, had a profound impact on Mugabe. The country's liberation struggle and the black star on its flag would later inspire Zimbabwe's own flag, and Nkrumah's pan-Africanism and socialist ideologies would influence Mugabe's political trajectory. By the late 1950s, Mugabe was growing restless. While he had a stable career and even considered settling in Ghana, the winds of change sweeping across Africa were too strong to ignore. He felt the compelling to join the burgeoning nationalist movement in his homeland, southern Rhodesia. Returning home in 1960, he joined the Democratic Party, or NDP, which later became the Zimbabwe African People's Union, or ZAPU, the APU led by Joshua Nkomo. Mugabe's intellect and eloquence made him a valuable asset, and he quickly ascended the ranks, becoming the party's publicity secretary. However, ideological and tribal divisions within the liberation movement led Mugabe to break away from the ZAPU. Alongside Debeningi Sithole and others, he helped to form the Zimbabwe African National Union, or ZANU, in 1963. This would mark the beginning of his long journey from liberation hero to controversial leader that the world would come to know. 
but at this point in his life, Robert Mugabe was a man deeply influenced by his early years, shaped by colonialism, educated under mission auspices, and inspired by the burgeoning sense of African nationalism. Mugabe's early life set the stage for his role in Zimbabwean struggle for independence. The sum of these years, his exposure to education, the influence of his mother, the pan-Africanism he encountered in South Africa and Ghana, all converged to make him a key player in the liberation narrative, a role that would later be both celebrated and critically examined. Part 2. The Road to Independence and Leadership, 1960-1980 In the early 1960s, Zimbabwe, then known as Southern Rhodesia, was a powder keg of political unrest. The colonial government, led by Ian Smith, was resolute in maintaining white minority rule. It was against this backdrop that Robert Mugabe returned home and quickly became deeply involved in the nationalist movement, primarily through his affiliation with ZANU. However, the Rhodesian government was not going to let nationalist movements go unchallenged. In 1964, Mugabe was arrested for subversive speech and spent the next 10 years in prison. While in jail, he used the time constructively to further his education. He acquired three more degrees in education, economics, and law through correspondence courses from the University of London. The years in prison were also marked by personal tragedy. His only son died of malaria while he was behind bars, and the government refused to allow him to attend the funeral. These years in confinement seemed to harden Mugabe, fueling an unquenchable thirst for independence and justice for his people. In December 1974, Mugabe was released from prison as a part of general amnesty. It didn't take long for him to re-engage in political activities. However, internal disagreements with ZANU were becoming increasingly pronounced, leading to his eventual ousting of Nabadingi Sithole from the leadership position. Mugabe's radical and militant stance appealed to a generation of nationalists who were growing impatient with the slow pace of diplomatic efforts to end white minority rule. After consolidating power within the ZANU, Mugabe left for Mozambique, where he led guerrilla training and operations. He formed a military alliance with his erstwhile rival, Joshua Nkormo, and his faction, ZAPU creating a united front known as the Patriotic Front. This strengthened insurgency intensified the liberation war against the Rhodesian government. The late 1970s saw mounting international pressure on the Rhodesian government to negotiate a peaceful transition to black-majority rule. In 1979, under British mediation, the Lancaster House Agreement was signed, setting the stage for an independent Zimbabwe. Elections were held in February 1980, and Mugabe's ZANU-PF emerged victorious, capturing 57 out of 100 seats. On April 18, 1980, the Union Jack was lowered and the Zimbabwe flag was raised. Robert Mugabe, the freedom fighter who had been labeled a terrorist by the Rhodesian government, became the first prime minister of an independent Zimbabwe. His early speeches called for reconciliation, unity, and a new era of cooperation and development for all of Zimbabwe, regardless of race or creed. Hopes were high, both within the country and internationally, that Mugabe's intellectual prowess and revolutionary credentials would usher Zimbabwe into a new era of prosperity and justice. Mugabe's ascendancy to leadership was nothing short of historic. 
from his early years as an intellectual shaped by colonialism and pan-African thought, to a political prisoner and finally to the leader of a newly independent nation. The arc of his life seemed to embody the hopes and struggles of a generation of Africans yearning for self-determination. However, the complexity of his legacy was only beginning to unfold, as the years that followed independence would reveal the multifaceted and at times contradictory nature of his leadership. Part 3. The Complexity of Governance and Controversial Decisions 1981-2000 Robert Mugabe's first years in office as Prime Minister were characterized by a combination of optimism and uneasy alliances. He initiated policies that expanded healthcare and education, garnering him goodwill among the majority of Zimbabweans. In these early days, Mugabe seemed dedicated to building a democratic, multiracial Zimbabwe, and he even included white politicians in his cabinet. However, as the 1980s progressed, the euphoria of independence began to wane. One of the darkest chapters in Mugabe's leadership came with the Gerarundi massacres between 1983 and 1987. An estimated 20,000 Debele people, primarily supporters of his rival Joshua Nukomo, were killed by Zimbabwean army officials and an ostensible effort to quash dissent. This brutal campaign severely tarnished Mugabe's reputation as a champion of liberation and human rights. The late 1980s saw the merging of the ZANFU-PF and the ZAPU into a single entity under Mugabe's leadership, effectively making Zimbabwe a one-party state. In 1987, he abolished the ceremonial role of president and combined it with his prime ministerial role, thereby consolidating more power. Throughout the 1990s, Zimbabwe's economy experienced intermittent periods of decline and instability. As economic hardships grew, Mugabe increasingly leaned on nationalistic rhetoric. In 1997, he made the controversial decision to pay out large pensions to war veterans a move that may have been politically motivated but was economically disastrous, leading to soaring inflation and a plummeting Zimbabwean dollar. In 2000, Mugabe's land reform program came to the fore, originally aimed at redistributing land from the white minority to the black majority. The policy led to forced eviction of white farmers, often without due process or compensation. The sudden and often violent land seizures resulted in a sharp decline in agricultural production, contributing to an economic tailspin and isolating Zimbabwe from the international community. Despite these controversies, Mugabe continued to command a dedicated following. His supporters saw him as the bulwark against neocolonial influences and as a leader who had given the black majority a stake in the land and resources for the first time. However, allegations of election rigging, human rights abuses, and economic mismanagement increasingly overshadowed his legacy as a liberation hero. By the end of the 20th century, Mugabe's popularity was waning, yet his grip on power remained unyielding. Opposition parties, most notably the Movement for Democratic Change, led by Morgan Sfangare, emerged as a significant political force, but they were systematically suppressed. By the year 2000, the man who had once symbolized hope for a new Zimbabwe had become a deeply divisive figure. His critics saw him as a dictator who had squandered Zimbabwe's potential, 
while his supporters viewed him as a stalwart defender of African sovereignty in the face of Western criticism. The turn of the new millennium marked a critical juncture in Mugabe's leadership, setting the stage for tumultuous years ahead. The contradictions and complexities that characterized his rule were becoming increasingly pronounced, leaving Zimbabweans and the world at large grappling with the enigma that was Robert Mugabe. Part 4. The Decline and Fall of a Legacy 2001-2019 to The 21st century proved to be the most tumultuous and polarizing period in Robert Mugabe's career. As Zimbabwe's economy spiraled into collapse, marked by hyperinflation and widespread unemployment, Mugabe remained steadfast in his conviction that external forces and sanctions were to blame, dismissing any notion of personal or governmental responsibility. The 2002 presidential election was marred by widespread allegations of fraud, voter intimidation, and violence, predominantly orchestrated by ZANU-PF supporters. Despite these controversies, Mugabe was declared the winner, deepening the rifts within Zimbabwe and isolating the country further on the international stage. Political tension reached a fever pitch in the 2008 elections, which again were fraught with accusations of irregularities and violence. The situation was so dire that opposition leader Morgan Svangiri withdrew from the race, despite winning the first round, citing the safety risks to his supporters. The episode led to a power-sharing agreement between ZANU-PF and the MDC with Mugabe retaining the presidency and Svangiri becoming the prime minister. However, the arrangement was fraught with tension, and the intended collaboration often resembled more of a rivalry. Amidst the political struggles, Zimbabwe's social fabric was tearing at the seams. The healthcare system collapsed, educational standards plummeted, and the basic services became scarce. Millions of Zimbabweans fled the country, seeking better lives elsewhere. Mugabe's marriage to his second wife, Grace Mugabe, also became a significant talking point during this period. Grace's lavish lifestyle and new political ambitions were met with public disdain and intra-party opposition. Her rise to prominence within ZANU-PF and her not-so-secret aspirations to succeed her husband were seen as emblematic of nepotism and corruption that was generally plaguing the Mugabe regime. In 2017, the tension reached a climax when Mugabe dismissed Vice President Emerson Magagua, a move widely interpreted as an attempt to pave the way for Grace Mugabe's ascension. This triggered a military intervention, and after a week of uncertainty, Robert Mugabe was forced to resign from the presidency on November 21, 2017, marking the end of his 37-year rule. In his last years, Mugabe lived in relative obscurity, a fallen giant in the eyes of many. When he passed away on September 6, 2019, in Singapore, the reactions were mixed. For some, his death marked the end of an era characterized by missed opportunities, severe mismanagement, and an appalling human rights record. For others, he remained a revered revolutionary leader who had stood against colonialism and Western imperialism. Robert Mugabe left behind a deeply divided nation and a tarnished legacy. His early years as a freedom fighter and his initial contributions to education and healthcare were overshadowed by decades of authoritarian rule, economic collapse, and a disregard for human life. 
His life remains a complex tapestry, a mixture of promise and betrayal, leaving Zimbabweans and the world at large to contemplate the lessons that can be gleaned from his time in power. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Robert Mugabe, a complex and divisive figure whose impact on Zimbabwe will be debated for years to come. He's also who died today, September 6th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what Robert Mugabe looked like, please follow our Instagram, who period died period today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you were listening and share with friends and family. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.